Blog Talk Radio. Well, hey, it's been like forever, hasn't it? Um, it's been a very, very long time. And um, I had very mixed reservations about doing this show today. As most of you know who follow me, um, I am quite big on the tangent lately of doing the video interviews and live interviews and written interviews, etc. And I've kind of steered away from uh, radio and it's been quite a while. So I know there are some people that are super excited that I'm back to radio. So welcome once again. Like I said, it's been a very long time. Some um, have advised me to go to television and stop doing radio, but that's that's a work in progress. So we'll kind of see how things go with that um, and more details on that, by the way. So I just want to give you guys a quick update and, uh, of course, uh, just some quick thank yous before I start today with my uh, interviewee, which is Juniper Jillian Joy. So a couple of quick things just to keep everyone updated. Uh, first and foremost, because I haven't been on radio for a significant amount of time, it's um, this is my public way of saying Thank you so much to every single person on social media or on my phone or in my email or in my Facebook direct messenger that said anything relative to Michael's passing or providing support to me. Um, I've made no secret that these 16 months have been incredibly painful and difficult and they remain that. Um, So I'm slowly coming back. That's exactly why you haven't heard from me in quite some time. But I just, I wanted everyone to know that A, I appreciate that you even thought of me. B, I know that if Michael were here, he would appreciate the fact that you are actually watching over me since I am not doing such a great job with that. So thank you for the care, the concern, the love. Uh, Please keep it up. I would appreciate that very much. As to my future endeavors as it stands right now, because people keep asking, what is she going to do? Well, she is apparently coming back to radio for a little while, and we'll see how this goes. I I can tell you now I don't mind being in pajamas and sitting in my house and doing this versus that pretty girl that you see on the video all the time, and I'm not a big camera fan. So, A, that's wonderful. So, for now, uh, I'm going to be going back to radio probably two days a week, and we'll see how that goes. Obviously, everyone knows The Art is Alive magazine is no longer for obvious reasons because my partner is no longer here to help me run it. So, I'm not sure if I'll go back to having my own publication, For now, if you folks want to read me in print, certainly you can go to the statenislander.org, medium.com, and I might be signing on to another one, so hold your horses on that. But that's the writing side of things. Uh, As I've mentioned, uh, Sunny and Trixie and the medical misdiagnosis series I did, Hurt by Healthcare, both of which are coming out in April of 2023, and you'll be seeing notes about that on my social media. Um, What else is going on? Yeah, I'm still doing the usual, covering seven film festivals a year, um, and I might do some traveling. In fact, if you're in New York, get ready for me because I am coming next week, and I'm very excited about that. I haven't been home in quite a while, so it's going to do – I'm just going to be fabulously happier being in New York, being surrounded by people that love us. And if you get a chance to, of course, April April 1st or 2nd – oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll post it up on social media. I am screening Michael's last feature film at the Producers Club, um, next Saturday. So please come if you're able to or spread the word or just go to my social media and spread it. Um, so yeah, so I think that's everything we've covered. Uh, yeah, so that's everything. And as far as the TV endeavor, I'm being very quiet right now until I figure out exactly what I want to do, where I want to do it, etc. But do stay tuned for details on that. So yeah, now I think that's everything. So without further ado, cross your fingers because this is my first show back in I don't even know how long. So I, I'm praying that I do right by my guest today. Um, so, yes, without further ado, let's get Juniper on the line and start talking to her. 
Hello. Hello, Cindy. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm sure you heard that whole spiel there. I'm so sorry. When you when you are mm-hmm. off, I've been off of the radio for a significant amount of time, probably maybe even close to a year. So you're my first show back, and uh, it's always nerve-wracking so and exciting. I'm <laughs> well, Aww. I like Rachel very much. And, and Rachel came to me, and she said, yep, you know what? I've got this up-and-coming author for you. So I grabbed at the chance, and I said, sure, why not? So, um, yeah, today's a testament. We'll see if I still have all of my wonderful skills that I did on radio a long time ago. So thank you for being patient. I think while you I have everything. all of that and then some, you know. <laughs> You're very I, I'm going to be too, praying too that God bless you, yes, with all of that and then some, okay? I hope so. I, I And I do appreciate that. Every little prayer helps is what I say and every little thought <laughs> helps and I'm very, very blessed oh. I am. And I have tons of things to ask you about, so be prepared because I, I tend to bounce away. around a lot. <laughs> so yeah. when we talk about you, let's start way in the very beginning. So to those that do not know, uh, today I'm talking to Juniper Jillian Joy, but she is formerly known as Tammy Shannon. So talk yeah. to me a bit about the name change, kind of what prompted you to go into another direction with not only your name but yourself, and more importantly, tell me something about Tammy Shannon that you admire that is different from Juniper. Oh, my. Uh, let's see where to start. I'll start with the last <laughs> one. Um, okay. So what I admire most about Tammy Shannon is her resiliency to fight, to fight her way to love herself and accept herself and not accept other people's voices in her head anymore telling her mm-hmm. who she could who she could not be who she could never be and she became herself and that sure. changed my life that's how I got here <laughs> that unconditional mm-hmm. love for self that got me here incredible sure what was it somewhat um i don't want to say shocking but were the individuals who knew you as Tammy before were they really surprised that you made this big change i mean was it something that they were expecting or are people like what's going on with her when i say (laughs) when you use the word shocking it was an extreme people that have known me my whole life and my very successful financial career and music career, touring as an artist mm-hmm. with uh, opening for Percy Sledge and then, of course, now changing my life. Um, they It's really interesting because my dearest friends, uh, I have some really close friends. There's probably uh, eight in my true circle that uh, I really am close to that have seen me on my journey that have honored me so beautifully and for them it was less shocking it was a it was still a shock but not quite as much because the first thing they said to me was it was a you know they hurt my feelings at first and they'd say I miss Tammy you know and I Mm. said I know there are parts of her that that I missed but I, I shared with them Tammy had to die so that I could live. And sometimes, and not all people, will have as an extreme journey that I needed to make for myself 
but my journey was so extreme or my life was so numb. I was literally so numb in, in my life. I didn't cry. I didn't show emotion. I carried everyone else's mm-hmm. burdens. And that's the part of me that I met, that they missed. And they shared that beautifully with me. And we just opened up. You know, they were able to be open, intimate, and vulnerable with how and what they were missing. And mm-hmm. the people that don't, did, don't, didn't really know me, that knew me just as an artist or, you know, a, a financial expert, um, you know, labeled anyway, um, they were shocked because they had no idea that my life was taking on such a transformational change and that I was uh, becoming true to who I was. Sure. Makes sense. And as you mentioned, of course, Tammy was a singer-songwriter, I should say. Uh, yes. Overall, I would think you're still a singer-songwriter. But let's talk about that for uh, yes, a moment. Yes, I'm keeping I'm that singing... name just for the music. Yes. Uh, I, I kind of figured that. And I had looked through and read and listened to some of the music. And so I have a couple questions relative to that. First of all, yes. is there something about singing and songwriting that fills your soul in a way that doesn't when it comes to something, let's say, like writing or from a financial strategy standpoint. What is it about music that fills your soul? Well, first of all, I have to take you back to my childhood. Music was my escape from um, childhood uh, abuse. My father was a very angry man. He drank, and when he did come home, he, you know, he was, he was a non-fit. And what my escape for myself and my little brother would play the drums like on a five-gallon bucket, which was really funny, and I would sing my heart out. And it was an escape. It became an escape for me. And now music, and I'm working on a celestial album right now, actually, while I'm doing other things. I fire all three parts of my brain that we can talk about at another time because I want to answer all these questions. but. You know, but uh, music is a very um, beautiful part of every one of us in a way that music touches our souls and our spirits and can change. It, music has the power to literally change the entire atmosphere from negative energy to positivity, just like David played the, the harp and drove away evil spirits. You know, in the Bible, it's mm-hmm. just really... Uh, a release for me, and it always has been, always will be, truly. Hmm. It's a different you outlet, hope you know? That, oh, sure, absolutely. And when you sing, I'm guessing that, are you doing that more so for yourself? Meaning I've talked to some musicians before that say, the reason that I perform music is because it's healing for me. Or are you hoping that your music, as well as the book, of course, is going to be healing to other people? Absolutely. It's interesting, when I first started my journey to healing my inner child and becoming whole within myself, it was when I first wrote, I wrote 30 songs with um, Grammy-nominated Kent Wells, which is also Dolly Parton's producer, and um, we went in and he produced them, co-produced them with me, and God said, no, dear one, (laughs) You're you're skating the surface here. You've got to really be real with yourself. 
and I had to go what I call dark. I didn't answer the phone. I stayed at sure. home. And for a week, I wrote my album, All of Me, that was nominated Blues Album of the Year and Blues Artist of the Year because I, I put my soul in there. And when I was writing my um, Bulletproof song, that all of those songs were very healing. I was really, I was on my journey of healing myself. And now my hope and my intention for those songs is that when people listen to them, that they could also be healed along their journey so that they know they're not alone. You know, one of the biggest things that I struggled with along my journey was that I had, um, I felt alone. And I know so many people who struggle with mental health issues, emotional issues, even physical issues, that they feel like they're alone on their journey. And none of us are alone. And I don't want anyone to feel alone. So everything I do now in my life is about other people because God has healed me and blessed me to be my whole self. And I want to teach other people to be able to do the same thing. Bring joy in their life. And I'm sure you folks have noticed while you're listening. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. I'm noticing, I and I'm sure my audience is. Yeah. No, oh, goodness. Just, okay, I'm going to be quiet. You were just saying, go for no. it. <laughs> no, I was just saying that uh, I want everyone to have peace, love, and joy in their life. Everyone deserves it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that journey to getting all of those things can be somewhat difficult and challenging. And uh, what you say a lot of what you have said, and I see the people and the way that they react to you, they, they resonate with those statements, meaning that all of us have our they own do. challenges and struggles to get. Yeah, they absolutely do. I've also noticed in listening to you, and folks, I'm sure you've noticed, so we have to talk about the accent, because I know that you're originally from Arkansas, <laughs> and uh, if I did yeah. my research right, that means that you're currently in Tennessee, which means that you probably have an even thicker accent. So <laughs> tell me a bit about True. the accent, it's- meaning... Some people like to use this it, one, and some people just like, no. It's, it's really interesting. I can't have it. So there's a story. There's always a story, isn't there? But um, <laughs> I have traveled the world. Oh, I know. I've traveled the world for the last seven years healing my inner child when I divorced my very verbally abusing, you know, narcissistic ex-husband in 2015. And I've traveled the world. And, I mean, I'm European, um, you know, all of my grandparents are European. And um, mm. growing up, being born in Arkansas and growing up there, of course, I had a very southern accent. And that was a real, that was probably one of the biggest shocks for my friends when I lost my voice. I was traveling and then I came back to Tennessee and um, I was, this was uh, before COVID, and then I came back, and then I've gone sure. back and forth. And what's happened is I lost my voice for three months, almost four, and I couldn't speak above a whisper. And But I noticed that not only did my throat was really sore and, like, achy, but my mm. voice sounded different. And I was talking to God and, you know, meditating, and talking to God, and I asked God, I said, dearest one, 
what's wrong with my voice? Did I lose it again? Because mm-hmm. I lost it for a year um, back in 2013. And God said, dear one, I'm, it's taken three months for me to decide your voice is going to be a voice that people, everyone's going to want to hear. And I said, really? And I'm listening, and he said, it, I want you to be, you're going to be able to speak in a way to each person the way they want to hear your voice speak to them because you're going to speak to their heart, directly to their heart, their subconsciousness, and their inner child. I wept. It was such a profound mm. Hmm. idea, first of all, you know. It's to mm-hmm. thank God created the earth in seven days and he's taken three months side and tweaked my voice. And when it came back, it was very choppy. <laughs> I <laughs> sounded German. It was so very strong of French and German. Uh, mm-hmm. I there, and it as it slowly came back, it came back this to this voice. I if I think I cannot speak, and that's the truth. If I think about what I'm saying, but if I can't speak at all, I can't speak a word. But if I flow mm-hmm. from my heart, my words just come out. However, they come out. It's mm-hmm. really a miracle. Thing that you I bring it up because the way. That... Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, Cindy, that my like I said, my journey has been extreme. Not everyone is gonna experience this, and no one may experience this. But this has been my journey, and it's. I'm so thankful for it. You know, I and I just, I'm so grateful to God and everyone that's in my life for every all the support they've given me on my journey and you for having me on your on your podcast it's so beautiful to be here and i feel your energy and you're just a beautiful person <laughs> and i want you to oh, know goodness. that thank you which just a little bit of course because um yes. On the singing, songwriting side of things, I want to make sure that I mention this. I know that in the past you were nominated for uh, Best Blues Album and, of course, Best Blues Artist. What is it about singing the blues? I've heard one musician even say to me, I sing it because it's all I know. So I'm curious about (laughs) your connection with the blues, which I'm guessing is personal experience. And then second of all, um, I could see you also, will you have an endeavor, meaning doing like a spiritual album, like a, a Christian album or something along those lines down the road? Oh, I love these questions, Cindy. Thank you. So I chose blues um, because it's just how my voice sounds. When I sing, it's just how my voice sounds. And But um, I debated, we debated back and forth. And what ultimately happened when Kent and I sat down, I said, I have to be true to form. And blues to me is very raw and real. You blues, you're singing your heart. You're, but most people associate blues with you. You are ripping your heart out right here, and you're sharing your pain so openly, vulnerably, and intimately. 
while others see blues as, oh, you know. But for me, it it was an intimate experience to share my life so openly and vulnerably in those songs because it's mm-hmm. the blues are just it's just very raw and open and I could be I could be true to myself and do that and I love I love the blues I love the rhythm I I'm just I write on piano but I write to bass and drums the first instrument I ever learned to play was the bass guitar so it also has beats that you know it's like all of us have a rhythm in our heart and mm-hmm. every song I was able to bring out the rhythm of my heart in those songs and um the latter part of your the second question is am I working on a spiritual album absolutely yes. that's what I'm doing now is I I wanted to change my direction because the blues, it doesn't mean I won't do that, do blues in and out of that again, but my, the music that I'm writing and the songs and lyrics I'm writing now are very, they are Christian. They're very celestial, but I'm not just writing for people. I'm writing for all beings of love and light for the earth for the air, for the universe, for the stars. I'm writing for everything in celebration of all that God has created to support us along our journey inside ourselves, for ourselves, to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were to ask you, because I know you're a very spiritual person, would you say that it's fair to say that Tammy and God work together, or would you say God provides everything yeah. and you're just kind of the vessel? You know what? There was a Tammy and God working together, and now I feel like God just flows through me. I have just I've donated my life, my body, my intentions, my heart, soul, mind, and spirit, and my inner child. Nothing brings me more pleasure than to sit down and ask God to just flow through me. What do you want Mm -hmm. to say? What do you want people to feel? What do you want the world to know about you? And he so beautifully shares. And God and I, we, I just feel like we just, we just one. You know, we just flow so beautifully together. And that's how I got here because Tammy and God were so intertwined and beautifully connected intimately, you know, and openly. And God told me that because she, Tammy, held nothing back from him and I hold nothing back from him, he holds nothing back from me. Oh, how lovely is that? It's very well put, actually. Um, I have a piggyback question to that because I am familiar with your background. And and I've seen that you have lived through some very harmful patterns in your life, you you know, things such as shame and and being unloved and unworthy and having all of these feelings which produce very harmful patterns. So I know there's a ton of people out there struggling. So what I want to ask you is, 
for you personally, what was that defining mm-hmm. moment in terms of when you decided you had to change? And second of all, what was the one thing, obviously God is integral in this, but outside of that, mm-hmm. what other thing mm-hmm. was that tool to help you to deal with that trauma? Okay. Wow. Hey, let's see where to start. Okay, the first thing, um, there were several things that led up. There were three or four things that in my life that led up to this. Uh, the first thing was, the first awareness was that I realized every five years, because I carried everybody else's burdens, I was the strong one, see, and every five years I would end up in the hospital with a significant thing like my appendix almost burst. Five years later, my gall, I had gallstones. And um, then, again, five years later, I was married, of course, married to my ex-husband. And I ended right. up in the hospital, and I lost. So over a two-week period, I lost 18 pounds. I was, I've been athletic my whole life, so something was wrong, you know. And so I lost 18 pounds. My hair was falling out in clumps. I had to cut six inches off my hair because it was literally falling out. And I ended up in the hospital, and my doctor ran these tests, and he came in and he said, Tammy, there is nothing, there's nothing showing. I can't prove there's anything wrong, but we know there is. And then my then husband came into the room, and my blood pressure went up to 180, and I have low blood pressure, like 92 over 55. And my my doctor said, oh, that, and so because my doctor asked that, you know, was having this conversation, and the timing of my then husband coming in, my doctor turned and said, you can't be here. You have to go. She has to be alone and quiet. And then he sat down. He was He's a very Christian man. He sat down and he held my hand and he said, Tammy, that's your problem, baby. He said, you cannot. You can't keep going this way. You, you are, your anxiety, your unhappiness is killing you. He literally said those mm-hmm. words to me. Oh, my goodness. And both Gosh. of us sat there and wept. And then he said, I want to pray for you. I said, please. He asked permission, and I said, please do. And we prayed mm-hmm. together. And when I got out of the hospital three days later, my then husband came home. So that's number one. My then husband came home. Mm-hmm. He had been drinking at work. And he said some of the most awful things to me that I would never say. I wouldn't say to an enemy, let alone the love of my life that I'm married to. And he sure. said these things. And... I went into the bathroom. I remember going into the bathroom and just weeping, not letting him know. I locked the door, and he didn't come in or anything. And God said, that's it. We're done here. We're filing tomorrow. And I said, yes, we are. I will. And sure enough, I went in. And the next day, I went and filed for divorce. And the next morning, I was sharing with my last daughter at home. Um, And I said to her, I said, sweetheart, you know, this has happened and I'm so sorry. I was really trying to get you through your last years and your last two years in high school. 
and let you go to college before I divorced him, but I can't do it. And then she said something that crushed my heart, and that was, Mom, I heard what he said the other night, mm-hmm. and I understand. And I, oh, my goodness, I tell you what, we wept together, and I told her, I said, baby, I am so sorry I've been, I didn't mean to be a bad example to you. I said, I was really trying to get through this because I thought it was better for you, but it's not. And I just need you to know that I filed, and we can't live this way anymore. I can't, Mm -hmm. my job is to show you to be a good example and show you what real love is, real commitment in a relationship between a man and a woman or in any loving relationship. And I failed you. We wept. And then (laughs) she was packing up two years later, and she was leaving for college. And we had packed our cars, and her dad came. And we had her car, my car, and his car (laughs) packed with all of her things. And she said, Mom, right before we got in the car, she said, Mom, now you can, girl, you can go live your dream. I tell you what, I, I was so stunned I couldn't say anything. I mean, I could not say anything, and I'm searching myself. What is my dream? To the point that I I asked her, I said, baby, what is my dream? (laughs) And she said, singing, Mom. You love to sing. I said, is that my dream? And I was Mm -hmm. asking her and me at the same time. And, of course, I cried the whole way to UC Chattanooga, UT (laughs) chat and I tell you what girl it was unbelievable because by the time I got there I was like I'm not sure that's my dream but I knew I had to find out and then I read a Mm -hmm. poem I was looking on the internet for a, a quote and I found this quote that Mark Twain said and it said the most the two important dates in your life is the day you're born and the day you find out why you were born. Yep. And I wept like a child because what I knew was I didn't know why, and I was I was gonna find out. And I mm-hmm. that was my that was it. I was done. I was gonna find out who I was meant to be, and that's when my life changed. Was just setting my mind, changing our life, set, telling my heart and my inner child, no more. We're putting a stop to all this, and I did, Mm -hmm. and it changed my life. Look at that. Now, since you brought it up, we're going to talk about the personal side of yourself because, of course, you obviously have mentioned your child, so we're going to talk about that. But first, I have to ask this question. I noticed that Uh back in 2018, you were at Summerfest, which is in my hometown, by the way, because I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I have to talk about that. Mm -hmm. How did you end up at Summerfest in my hometown? (laughs) <laughs> uh, was that Wisconsin? Yes, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, like, Summer Wisconsin, Fest is like yes, 15 yes. minutes away. <laughs> yeah, I love it there. I love Wisconsin. I was doing uh, some 
work with Harley Davidson as a spokesperson for them, interviewing okay. um, writers, buyers, people who would come to the museum there. And I was interviewing their beautiful <laughs> motorcycle, the owners. Why did you buy Harley? You know, and I was <laughs> having a ball and I was, they were, we were in negotiations of talking to me about performing at the, the following year there at uh, Music Fest uh, at their, um, at their, uh, off their stage. And uh, mm-hmm. things didn't work out where my timing and the, you know, and the, the dates were the same. So I never, sure. I never played there, but I love it there. It's such a beautiful venue and experience. Everyone should go. If they don't, if they don't go every year, they should at least go once in their time, in their life, and experience it because it's such a beautiful place to be. Oh, I love thank it. you. I love where it so much. Oh, thank you. We like it here, too, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the weather's kind of crappy. I I'm not going to lie. It's 50-something today, but it's kind of crappy. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. It's, it's raining here pretty significantly. It's been raining all night long. It's a little oh, crazy, gosh. but... I don't mind it. I just open the windows and let the breeze blow in, you know, because it Absolutely. feels great to me. Absolutely. You betcha. <laughs> so now we, of course, have to talk about that, um, meaning that, of course, you are a mom. So yes, I often notice, because I'm a mom too, uh, I have a daughter as well. And so when I look at my daughter, one of the things that I always worry about is, of course, I want her to have a life that wasn't ideally mine. And second of all, to excel exactly. and be even bigger and better than myself. So tell me a bit about uh, what she has shared with you in terms of what she has learned from you, and more importantly, where does she want to end up? Is she going to be singing? Is she going to be writing? Is she going to be parallel to you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I actually have three daughters. And my oldest oh. daughter is an electrician. Yes, she has okay. her journeyman. Yes. So, And she's a wonderful singer. But she has chosen her own journey, and she's an electrician. She has her journeyman in residential and commercial. (laughs) And because of our experiences, my middle daughter is um, getting her master's. She graduated at UTK. She changed from UTC to UTK, and she has a double major, English and psychology. And she's now at the University of Arkansas. Uh, getting her master's in psychology while she works with a family with a little boy with special needs, and she manages his speech therapist, you know, program, his physical therapy program, and the family because he has two sisters. So she really manages the, the whole structure of everything that's going on with this little boy so that they all understand when he, he you know, gets overly excited and what they would call, well, he's having a fit. You know, the little girls would say, mommy, he's having a oh, fit sure. again. You know, so they can now explain it to her. He just needs a different structure than they do. And his program, sure. you know, and his, you know, he gets overly stimulated and that, that is a symptom of him being overly stimulated. So that's been a beautiful thing. And she chose psychology because of, what happened to me and um, what she has shared, she ended up 
in a relationship with the boy at UTK, and he was abusive. And oh, I knew something wasn't right. She lost like 20 pounds. I mean, it was the same thing that happened to me. And I mm-hmm. flew down there. I mean, I was really concerned. And, you know, I'm so proud of my girls because they are resilient. They are kind. They are beautiful. And they're, they're just wonderful people. Um, but they right now, it's, it's hard being a parent, as you know, and my, my youngest, I'll, I'll talk about her. She's my independent one. She's more like me now, very independent. Um, and she's going to uh, school um, for oncology, pre-med. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is also at, at uh, Ar- University of Arkansas. And what's amazing is all three of my children, see, I was an advanced English student and an advanced math student. And I thought one of them mm-hmm. would have them both, too, but they don't. Uh, you know, my youngest has the science, the math part, and the other two have the English. And it's really interesting. Um, but they're they're beautiful people inside and out in a very uniquely, they're just different personalities all over the, you know, just very different. But they've experienced things. And luckily, you know, we have a support system. And even when I don't see them, you know, because we're all busy, I pray Mm -hmm. every day and I send blessings and good intentions their way no matter what. Even when they've disappointed me or hurt me or they didn't understand Mm -hmm. my choices, you know, it's one of those things where everyone has to take their own journey and they're on theirs right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, did I, I answer have, everything you asked jur- me? I'm not sure. <laughs> you did. <laughs> From the child side of things, yes, you did. Now, I want to uh, I want to flip it over a second here. When you go okay. to Juniper's social media page, her website, et cetera, here's what you're going to figure out. The three things that stood out about uh-huh. you to me. First of all, she's a dancer, okay. which I like. Second of all, I, I coined <laughs> you this phrase, which is called dress-up doll. Because, like, when you look at her, you're going to oh, see all these goodness. varieties of jewelry, oh. costume, outfits, all this good stuff. And third of all, <laughs> You just, I love how you're just so very honest and raw. So you just kind of say, okay, I'm going to start off talking about this. And you're just, you're very disinterested. You're more about getting a topic across than you are about how you look. Although you look phenomenal, I would have to say. So my question to you, (laughs) so first of all, check her out on social media because that's what you're going to see. But more importantly, I have to know, like, how you must have 8,000 outfits in your closet because that's what people say to me. Like, (laughs) you have all these different outfits. In terms of relationships, how has that been for you now that you're starting to find yourself? Is it easier for you to navigate a relationship? Oh, my. So, okay, let's start with, we're going to start with some really fun stuff. So I'm going to (laughs) start with the inner child. I let my inner child dress me every day. It's a game I play with myself every day. (laughs) It's something that's now become a part of every part of my life. So even my consulting clients, that's the first thing I teach them is play with your inner child. So when I go to my mm-hmm. closet, I love brands. I, there are literally when I was going through my healing process, I was just, I got, I was getting rid of all of my clothes. I was, I literally, I sold my house. I changed the energy, started completely over, and got rid of all of my clothes and bought 
brand new wardrobe. I mean, literally, I have two closets in my in my huh. very large apartment, and I love it because okay. I walk into them and and I ask my inner child, "What do we want to wear today?" You know, <laughs> and I let my inner child dress me, and she calls me, and I know I speak to her like a third, speak about her like a third person, but we won. But it's just the fun. You have to have fun. You can't learn without fun. And I love that, oh, sure. but I love I love colors. If you went into my old closet, it would have been very classic white, cream, black, navy. That's all I wore. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And now okay. my, my wardrobe is filled with colors everywhere. Oh, lovely. So I love that. Okay. So uh, my inner child calls me her her live Barbie. She likes to like, you know, it's just really fun, you know, our live sure. Barbie doll. But it's it's just fun to wear what feels not only feels good, but every time you look at it, I everything I wear, everything I don't care if I'm home alone wearing my Tennessee Knoxville beanie, <laughs> you know where I really sure. support the balls, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever I'm wearing, whatever, everything to my comforters, everything in my house, I've rescued from somewhere, and I love it. And I, you know, other than, of course, new, like, sheets and clothes and things like that, but it sure. is, uh, it feels good and brings me joy. So sure. um, that answers the clothing thing. Yes. But um, what was the so? What's the next question you asked me? I want to make sure the big oh, question. Oh yeah, you. the big question is relationships because of course, <laughs> let's say male female relationships, oh. you've had some very yeah. big challenges. So I was saying now, yeah. how do you navigate a healthy relationship, or have you been able to get to that point? You know what I? So what happened? I I I got engaged. Uh, I have been engaged literally since 2015. I got engaged and then he was a closet alcoholic. So we ended, I ended that and walked away. Uh, I mean, he hit it very well until we lived together mm-hmm. and then you, I saw it. And then, um, so I hadn't dated until about 10 months ago I started dating. So what I've done is I look at my life like we are all, we are we're dating ourselves, and that is C E L L S. We are dating while we're dating the world. We go to the grocery store. We go out to mm-hmm. the mail. We go wherever we go. We are dating. We are literally having experiences with people and interactions. Those we're dating the world. See. So what's mm-hmm. interesting is dating men. I didn't start until about 10 months ago, and ah. I had four, yeah, I had four men come into my life, and what was interesting ah. is I attracted out of, and I know a lot of people, uh, I mean, lots and lots of people, but because I am now healed, I can look in the eyes of anyone, and I see their intentions, and it's a hard no or a hard yes. You know, I, I have no more maybes in my life. If, it, if it's a maybe, mm-hmm. it's a hard no. It's just no when sure. I walk away. But I met four men that 
you know, the laws of attraction brought into my life. And one owned lots of land, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know this until afterwards now, but he had a bitterness within him that after spending time with him, he had a bitterness inside him. Another one was a professional comedian. <laughs> but oh, my. F-word. He used the F-bomb. It's like to be funny. Okay. And I said, if you're going to be in my life, you can't say these words. They're offensive to me. Sure. And he sure. didn't stop himself. And that ended that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are just dinners now, three or four going out to dinners, because it didn't take me long to figure it out. And then sure. um, uh, another one uh, was what I'm calling a player. <laughs> He tried to hide it, but he's a player. He, he just wanted to have sex, and, you know, and that just had no, I had no interest in that. I don't abuse my body, and I don't allow anyone else to either. Sure. And then I met a beautiful man that um, is a veterinarian, you know, caring for animals, and he he has a wonderful heart. He's just completely traumatized in his life after many, like, over two decades of being married. So we mm-hmm. we are just friends. So now I am practicing um, in my life at this time until I find someone that is balanced, whole, and a man that, you know, is true to himself and can be emotionally, not only emotionally open, vulnerable, and intimate, but also be physically available, you know, you know, there's an emotional availability and then there's, you know, physical availability and, you know, the world runs around like chickens with a head cut off, you know, and they're going nowhere. It's like I used to do it and I recognize it and that just, I just move away. I just, so I am practicing currently, I'm practicing celibacy. Uh, until gotcha. I find a wonderful man that that comes into my life that is um, that wants to heal, and he doesn't have to be healed, but he has to be willing to be open. He has to have his own desire because I don't want to change. I don't want to change anyone. You see, Tammy made mistakes in her relationships, and here what here's what she did. Tammy could see their potential. The moment that I asked Tammy, when I'd look in their eyes of men, I could see their potential. And that's what I, that's what attracted me, plus how they treated me. You know, they treated me like I was fragile when the entire world treats me like I was a rock because I've mm-hmm. been the rock to everyone. And this is different because as Juniper, I not only see their potential, I see who they are right now, and I see that they are nowhere near where they need to be to even understand me. I am no longer mm-hmm. accepting anything in my life that any any relationship that even in my friends that doesn't understand me. I had something happen, so I'll tell you how significant this is. I went on a trip. Uh, with three of my girlfriends for one of my girlfriend's 28th birthday. And we were all there. We're having a – three of us flew, and one of one of us drove. Um, and 
one of my friends, I won't say a name, but um, she, I had never seen her drink. So the whole time I had ever known her, she, she had gotten a DUI, so she wasn't drinking. But on this trip, of course, all of that had been resolved, and she was drinking, and she became belligerent and dishonoring of herself and started screaming these very obscene things to us. And I said, absolutely unacceptable. So, yeah, so what, what I've ultimately done in my life is I speak my truth from my heart all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't matter. What you say, how you, it's how you say what you say, and it has to come from your heart. When you mean it and you say, and this is what I said to her, I said, baby, I said, sweet girl, I love you. You are like my sister. But if you're going to be in my life, my healthy boundary and limitation, as I stand here in my own power, you cannot be around me if you're going to drink. Because you are hurting yourself. And I said, you, this is the behavior of an addict, baby. And this is, Mm -hmm. you you scare me. I said, but here's the thing. I said, you cannot talk to us this way. If you want to treat yourself this way, that's fine. That's That's your business. But you cannot treat us this way as an extension of how you feel about you. So to answer your question fully, Cindy, is now I speak my truth from my heart as I stand in my power and I am creating healthy boundaries and limitations in every relationship I have, period. That's it. And I don't waver on that. Very nice. Thank you for explaining that, by the way. That was very well done. Thank you. Thank you you for having me here. Oh, of course. Before we get to talking about the book, I do want to mention this. I know that some folks might not know this, but back in 2020, you started a nonprofit called the Earth Connect, or excuse me, One Earth Connection. So I, did. I want you to talk a bit about that. I want, to, I want you to tell folks what One Earth Connections is about, what the catalyst was for creating that, and then where are we at with the nonprofit now three years later? Okay. So it was COVID. I had – I was – touring overseas and, uh, of course, traveling back and forth. And then, of course, COVID hit. And in 2020, what I really, I wanted, since I was in one location, it's the first time I truly lived in my home in years, you know, really. I airbnb mm-hmm. my house out. So what happened was I wanted to start something where I've been speaking out against bullying, abuse, and violence for years as a public speaker. And, of course, in my music, I speak against it, you know, uh, as a representative. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to start a nonprofit that would help not only rescue women and get them out of women, children, and even men. This is about people who've been... Um, human trafficked, some of them, some of them married to abusers, some in just relationships with abusers. You know, it doesn't matter what the abuse is. Abuse is abuse. Bullying is bullying. And violence is violence, you know. And I wanted 
something that I could donate my time to. And so I I put 10% of what I make into that, everything that I make into that uh, nonprofit, and I donate my time to help these victims because I was a victim. And I want to teach them how to get out of the victim mentality into the victor. You know, you go from a victim to victor lifestyle, and you've got to change the mind. You've got to to approach that with logic long before you can get to the emotion, the true emotional trauma, see. So that's why I started it, and that's been a a really big part of what I do and why I do it. And and another part of trauma that I have found uh, that I have been able to help with is I love interior design. I love mm-hmm. I love um, styling people. I love because when you when you look when you're happy, you're beautiful. Happy people sure. are beautiful people, and a big part of that is is that's why people do makeover shows and things like that. They make over their homes. They make over you know their hair and their makeup and their clothes. Sure. You know, it's like you deserve this and. But mm-hmm. you can't get to that emotional connection without teaching them the logic and breaking down all the barriers that that their logic plays a part in everything we do. That mental that mental health you got to get there first. Sure, and that's why it, it was so important to me for the nonprofit because people who've lost someone, like when I lost my mother. I thought I died too. I really, that's when I became completely numb. And I had, I've had women come to me that lost their husbands that were married for 40 years or 12 years or 30 years lifetime that they don't know. And men that, that, or they're in the middle of a divorce and they don't want it to go negatively. So it's really been interesting. So it's a way to counsel people through these situations in a very loving, safe, and nurturing environment without judgment, even if they were the abuser. You can't do this with judgment in your heart. And that's what we provide here. Gosh. And what's neat about this is that I was reading, I went on your website, and I see that your intention here is she's going to be providing emotional, physical, financial, and behavioral support to abuse victims, along with the idea of giving out scholarships as well. That's pretty phenomenal for a young lady to be covering all of that. It's a lot of ground to cover, and it's a lot of healing to be able to help other people. So that doing the work of God, as I would call it, as I'm sure you know, which is it's a thankless job and a tireless job as well, I imagine. Um, question relative to something else. Uh, I, in doing my research, mm-hmm. I want to talk a bit about you as a financial strategist. So, first of all, <laughs> okay. I'd like to consider myself smart, which I think I am. However, when someone says to me, well, I'm a financial strategist, this is what I think of. I'm stupid in this mm-hmm. regard. So I'm like, okay, so does that mean if I croak, she deals with my money? I'm like, if I am investing. Does she deal with my money? I just wasn't getting it. So I thought, all right, well, let's explain to the audience exactly what a financial strategist does. And then more importantly, because you seem so creative, et cetera, financial strategy doesn't really sound very creative to me. (laughs) So I'm like, 
It's that extremely creative. <laughs> really? It's really, yeah. It's really numbers. Okay, so so I have to go back. I love numbers because here's the thing: when my life, when I could not be emotionally attached to myself and others, even though sure. I had family, you know, and wonderful people in my life, um, I just wasn't capable. I found numbers never lied to me where people did. You see. Numbers ah, yeah. Lie. And that, that was a freedom for me where I could excel. And that was something my mother naturally had. She could take a dollar and turn it into hundreds of dollars. I mean, thousands of dollars. That woman was so uh-huh. amazingly creative. Uh, but she understood, you know, money. And it was something that I got through genetics through, from my mother. And then, of course, went uh-huh. to school for it. And is interesting is I want to go back to something I heard you say, first of all, before I answer your question, you are not stupid with money. (laughs) Stupid knows better. And stupid is someone who, who knows better, but does something anyway that they know is not good for them. Now, I gotcha. What you were saying is you're ignorant of the opportunities or possibilities of money. So you yes. manage it the best way you know how. And I Absolutely. think, so I want to clarify that. So never call yourself stupid about anything, you beautiful <laughs> thing. So, Thank you. So absolutely. So to talk about a financial strategist, so what I learned was this. I worked, I got my start in, while I was going to school, uh, I was working as a in in the world of dealerships, I was working in the automobile industry back when they did not have women up front. There were not no women in sales. Oh. And okay. I I was fortunate enough to be able to the gentleman that inherited ten million dollars <laughs> and uh, and the dealership there in in Jonesboro where I lived. He. Uh, this particular gentleman is bipolar, and he knew ah. he was not a per- people person. He was a farmer mm-hmm. by trade, and so he had his GM, your general manager, out looking for outgoing people that loved people or were good with people, and that's how I ended up getting a job and then ended up closing for many men <laughs> in that literally I became their closer, what they call a closer uh, right. Because I treated people well, and what happened was they told me, oh, you're not going to have any, no one's going to come, you're not going to have any um, repeat business or referrals for at least three years. And I said, okay, I understand. Well, that's not true. That What I found was that when you treat people right and you tell them the truth all the time, no matter what mm-hmm. that number was, and you tell them the truth, you know what they did? They say, okay, how much are you making on me? I said, $1,500. I would. I would mm-hmm. not. I really, I said, the, the dealership's making $1,500, and I get 25% of that. Okay, then, let's do the deal. I mean, you <laughs> know what I learned was, and these are farmers that didn't want to deal. They never would deal with a woman. I know that sounds crazy. These are business owners. These were very, very intelligent men that had never 
worked with a female in buying a car. So I really got to teach them something interesting as they were teaching me honor and integrity. And what happened was beautiful. So I ended up, my mother passed away and my father, um, father had never written a check in my mother's entire career. I mean, their entire marriage Mm -hmm. was 35 years. And when my mother passed away, my dad asked for my help, and I took a month leave of absence to help my father with his finances and get him up and going. And that's when I went back to the dealership, and I said, I can't work here anymore. i got to go to school mm-hmm. for finance because my heart's not here anymore. I need to be helping other people like that, like my father that had this situation, because there is death. There are things that are very stressful to people, and money is emotional. There's no doubt about it. Finances are emotional. So what I did was I went to school with my surrogate father, Mark Ford. (laughs) I love that man, but he passed away with a massive heart attack a week. Mm -hmm. Literally, we were leaving the next week to go to go to school. And he passed away, and I put it off for a week. And God said, now it's time. Dear one, we got to go. Let's go to school. (laughs) So I pulled myself up and drug myself out of the house, and I went to school. What's amazing is I, in that class and through life and all the experiences that I'd had to date, I learned so many things about how people treat money based on how they feel about themselves. And what I was able to do with money was I kept going back to school and learning more and more, uh, especially about taxes. So my specialty, which I, the, the more struggles they had as a financial strategist, let me, let me shorten this answer. So as a financial okay. strategist, a financial uh, advisor, They'll take you fishing. They'll they'll put you in their fishing boat. You bring your money. You bring your bait. (laughs) Let me put it that way. You bring your money, which is your bait, and you bring your fishing poles, right? And they say, Mm -hmm. come on, we're going to go deep sea fishing. (laughs) I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how to take what you've got, and we're going to grow it. I'm going to show you how how to make it, make money, and grow more fish, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a financial strategist is right the opposite. A financial strategist says, all right, here's what we're going to do. Not only are we going to take what you've put together here in your with all your tackle, and you tell me, you tell me how many fish you need to eat for the rest of your life, and when you want to start getting this fish in, <laughs> when you want it in the boat, at what age, and how much, and I'm going to work it backwards, and then I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to show you where to go, how to go, who to go to to grow sure. it so that you're doing it. I never wanted to manage money because money is very emotional, and financial sure. advisors who manage money, and they lose their clients' money or it drops because of the stock market and everything else. Guess who? Guess what? 
those people, people are very upset with you. Sure. I never wanted to do that. So what I did was I consulted and I taught people how to manage, and I I still do, and but I only take I take very few clients because of I'm writing full time. I'm writing my books full time and now writing my new right. album, and so that's the difference between a financial advisor and a financial strategist. A financial advisor ah. teaches you how to eat on what you've got. A financial strategist teaches you how to eat for a lifetime. Ah, see, look at what we just learned. I feel educated already. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. See? Um, <laughs> and it's fun now to that learn. Us, of Isn't course. that a fun way to well, learn? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> which, so now that brings us to the first story of Intentions, which is the introduction yes. to the inner child. That's the name of the book, of course. Yes. Um, I have mm-hmm. three different questions relative to that. Um, okay. I'm a longtime author myself, and I know the very first time that I decided to do writing uh, of any kind, uh-huh. it's somewhat enthralling and exciting, and it's also somewhat yeah. agonizing and, and arduous. <laughs> so uh, how was your experience with that? I mean, did you find that it flowed uh, well and that you were comfortable? or? It was all of that. The writing process, the writing process was amazing and magical and emotional and you know, pacing the floor. Are we really going to tell this, dearest one? <laughs> I would talk to God, but, um, you know, and God would say, calm down. It's okay. It's all right. Mm-hmm. You can't ask, you can't accept or expect anyone else to be open, vulnerable, and intimate if you're not going to be. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, oh, he just got me good. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. God, that sure. tells you, right, like it is. And then I sure. would sit back down, tears falling. I mean, I would write with tears falling down my face. And what I learned was, oh. it was, so, but it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful exchange between God and myself. And I just felt like the entire universe took part in writing my book. And it just became this beautiful journey that opened up, and there's a big twist <laughs> that I, I I won't mess that up because it's so beautiful. There's a cliffhanger at sure. the end of Chapter 3. And then mm-hmm. so what happens in, in my book that's so uh, – I just feel so blessed to have been able to accomplish was that when we're born – we're born as infants. We learn to roll over. We learn to crawl. We learn to walk. So my chapters are very similar. So when you start reading my introduction, so I do the prelogue there so you can see that. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, you've got, I've got the thank yous and then chapter one. We're being born. The, the, not only are the characters being born, the reading, the the reader is taking their subconscious infant's journey, okay? So by the time you get to Chapter 3, you're, crawl- you, you're rolling over and you're crawling. Sure. When you get to Chapter 4, you're like, oh, I'm starting to move a little bit. I'm on my knees and I'm like, digga, 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 right? <laughs> so cute. And then, mm-hmm. you know, our inner child is like kicking along. And you get to chapter five, all of a sudden, 
your inner child is like, oh, my, you're learning and discovering your feet, your hands, your face, everyone's hands, Mm -hmm. you know. You're starting to touch everything and feel it for yourself, you know. You're starting to explore. Well, then you start walking. Then you start running. Then you ride a bicycle. Then you learn to ride, drive a car. (laughs) This is how my chapters are. And then you become, you literally, then you have to take off. Because what happens in (laughs) chapter 11, chapter 11, that is the golden celebration of everyone, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm. And it is, it was such a beautiful way to bring everyone in, in a very uniquely open, vulnerable, and twist to to teach every reader what, because what I learned in my, what I've learned in my everyday life, my life is, is the proof of the power of intention. And what happened in chapter 11, what happens there is that I want everyone, because my friends would say, what is, what does openness look like? What does it feel like? How, how do mm-hmm. I, how do mm-hmm. I practice self-love? What is self-love? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is self-care? I don't even understand that. What does it look like? What does it feel like? And that's, that was amazing to me. And that is what happens in Chapter 11 to the end is, mm. oh, my. I want, it's like I'm, I bring everyone front and center so that it's, a, it's an actual, it's a book, but it's an experience. That you can feel, you you see, touch, smell, hear what self love and self care is, so that you can experience mm-hmm. it for yourself and give it to yourself in your real life. I also noticed this. I wanted to ask about this because I know that this is the first because you've mentioned already that you're going to be doing a series of books, but you talk yeah. uh, a lot of these. Themes within the book are centering around things like having self-respect and self-care and self-confidence, etc. Everything. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about it being a little too close to home for some people? Because I do know that those that are traumatized, it's very difficult to try to get. They're almost comfortable in some ways being where they are. So, how do you get Absolutely. everyone to embrace a creating like this? Absolutely, I agree. Which is why there's a there. I knew this because I knew how I was. Now, you have to, you have to, um, I have to tell you that, so growing up, I grew up undiagnosed as a child ADD. I had some amazing teachers. My English and my math teachers in fifth through eighth grade were so magical. They, they knew I wasn't dumb. They knew they let me teach the classes. They would live and teach class because they said the students learned better from me in some of those cases. But that taught me so much. I went back to that in my mind and 
was able to utilize what they gave to me so beautifully in my life. And that was, as we, no matter what is going on in our life, I didn't want anyone to feel anything negative. So that is why I wrote the book as a fantasy fiction fable, because, (laughs) and that is why learning about yourself should be fun. If you can't have fun, you don't want to learn. I know that's how I am, and I treat everyone that way. And especially growing up knowing, okay, I have ADD. What can I do about this? And how do I keep mm-hmm. myself focused moving forward, you know, um, and without medication? You know, I don't want to take sure. it, you know, off list. I don't want to be, I don't want my brain to be lagging. I need to be full on, fully attentive to myself and everything around me. I need it to be fully present. So to your point and to the, the question, which is a beautiful question, I love it, is because. Thank you. There is no, there is nothing, I didn't want any, there is no negativity in this book. It is all lighthearted. There are, it's filled, literally pouring with humor everywhere through the book. Because you know what? Our inner child is so beautiful. We, each one of us, we're so beautiful. It doesn't matter if you, if you are going through a breakup and your heart is broken or you're dealing with depression or ADD or bipolar or another, mm-hmm. uh, your emotional health has turned to, a, you know, this significant mental health issue or turned into physical health, health issues like mine did. It doesn't right. matter. There's no judgment here. And that's the beautiful thing. There's a fine line in teaching people beautifulness, and that's why I used age. Sarah, which is the inner child, age three, mm-hmm. and Cindy, age five, because there is nothing offensive about a little girl. Nothing. There's right. no one's afraid right. of a little girl, you know? And that's what I really wanted everyone to understand. And following the story of three little girls and the other characters, so when mm-hmm. I wrote this book, the older main characters, Moses, Toby, May, and Cindy and Sarah are all me. Different parts of me, Hmm. different times in my life, but they're all me. So it's my older characters or my older self seeing my younger self (laughs) how to become me. And then the supporting characters are beautiful people that are in my life that shared their their open, vulnerable, and intimate experiences and stories and journeys with me that were so profoundly incredible that I told them, I said, Mm -hmm. I need to share this with the world because Mm -hmm. this, I mean, all of the major things, we all experience loss. We all experience, we're seeing so many things in the world And I didn't want to leave anything out. So I went back and I spent four months rewriting, expanding the chapters to add characters of supporting characters that are so beautiful and so kind. Mm -hmm. And there is no judgment. I would never judge. And I, 
it provides, my books are intended and provide a beautiful, safe, nurturing environment with no judgment. So it doesn't matter what anyone's going through. If there is anything in your life or their lives that they want to change, it's possible. And I want to show them through the characters. So there's nothing that points, you know, it's not written in a way, it's not uh, a booklet that says, okay, do this, that, and that. It's about unconditional love for self so that you can practice self-care and understand what it feels like, looks like, and what that true experience can be. Sure. It's hope. I want to give hope to everyone. Get their faith back in, in not only themselves mm-hmm. but everyone else because, sure. you know, we've all been lied to. We've all been hurt. We've all had our hearts broken. You know, we're all going through, all of us have been through a lot of awful stuff. And I, I, I know this. It's like everybody has at least one book in them. Everybody has a story to share. And I love sharing and adding their beautiful stories, of course, changing their names. So even though my book is put out there as a fantasy fiction fable of nonfiction, um, it's based oh, of fiction, sorry, of fiction, it is based off true events that really happen to people, every single mm. thing, every bit That's of wonderful. it is true events. And, and hopeful just, and inspiring and, and creative uh, yeah, and colorful. Yeah, Absolutely, you bet. If you can't laugh and you can't, you can't learn if you can't laugh. And I wanted, I love to laugh. There's nothing more beautiful than someone who's smiling. I don't care. I don't care if it's a, a homeless person that's on the side of the street. That smile, that's beautiful. And that's what matters most is we all, happy people are beautiful people. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I want to add joy, love, and peace to the life of every every life I can touch. And I asked God, I was praying, and I said, dearest one, how can I be everywhere and one place at the same time? <laughs> and he said, mm. right there. <laughs> So that's what I've done. Look at that. Is that why I started writing? Sure. We're very and similar the rest to history. you doing your podcast and your shows that are so amazing. Well, it's been a long history, of course, and my and my shows have have they've done lots of different things. My hope is similar to yours. You know, we want to inspire people, make them smile, make them laugh, make them happy, yes. make them feel, make them think. That sort of good thing. Yes. And I've been pretty blessed to be able to do that. I mean, it's been quite a while. Yeah, to become aware. Yes. It's about this self-awareness, you know, self-acceptance, self-awareness so that they can begin to accept every part of them. You can't discard a part of your very self and be happy and have peace and love in your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're both bringing to the people that, Everything with everything that we do. Oh, look at that. That's well, I'd like to think so. Thank yes. you. Yes. Now, well, you I are. want to read off. 
You are. You. That's what you're doing with your life. You've been doing this. And I love that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's why I, your, your followers and listeners are, that's why they love you. <laughs> that's what they tell me. But thank you. That's very, very gracious. I appreciate that. I do. Um, I'm I going to it. read off. I wouldn't say it. Oh, no, I believe that. I'm going to read off a bunch of different places to find you because now that people have listened to you, I'm sure that they want to know who you are. So when I get finished, just let me know if I've missed anything. And folks, uh, again, to remind you, her name is Juniper Jillian Joy, as I call it, the three J's. And here we go. These are all the places to find her. The general website, which is juniperjillianjoy.com. There is the ShannonSuccessStrategies.com, and then we have TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, Wikipedia, Spotify, Instagram, which is also author Juniper Jillian Joy. Facebook, mm-hmm. she's got three pages, which is one for her author page. She's also listed under Tammy Shannon, which she's got her Facebook page, and the Shannon mm-hmm. Success Strategies. Also, she can be, um, her book, again, is The First Story of Intentions, The Introduction to the Inner Child, and that can be purchased presently at Amazon. Anywhere else? As of right now, uh, we did an exclusivity with Amazon, so we'll explain that later, but for now, we are are honoring our exclusivity with Amazon. Okay, gotcha. Wonderful. Oh, and I don't want to forget Spotify. Because if you want to listen to her, she's on yeah. YouTube and Spotify as far as music goes. <laughs> I don't want to forget yeah. about that. So, the, so, young lady, I thank you so much. If you can believe it, it's been almost an hour and a half. We've done good. We oh did my a full gosh, range of things. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so, so much. Again, I, what a pleasure I, to meet you and be here with you today. Thank you. That's very kind of I you. Wish I, I appreciate you, you taking the time. There, oh, thank you so much. And I, I want to say this, uh, I just want to tell you, I am sending out prayers and love for you on your new journey. I know you're embarked on a new journey um, that's different for you as well, and I'm just going to ask that God and the universe just deliver peace, love, and joy in everything that you do. Thank you. That's very, very sweet. I appreciate it. I'll take all the prayers I can get at this point. I truly will. (laughs) It's a blessing. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, yes, um, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. And, of course, I will make sure that I send off a uh, – once the uh, this version is edited and put together, I'll send a copy off to you so you can have it for your records. And uh, don't be a stranger. You're always welcome to come back. Oh, thank you so much. I love you. I, I love right. the show. I'm going to follow you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a blessed All right, Jennifer. <laughs> you too, dear. I'll talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. So, folks, again, that was Juniper Jillian Joy. And as I mentioned, um, there's a ton of places that you can find her. But, again, a reminder, juniperjillianjoy.com is the way to find her. I also don't want to forget quickly to mention Rachel Darris of Rachel Darris PR. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have had this wonderful first interview back. So, Rachel, as always, a pleasure to be your friend, a pleasure to have your uh, clients on the show. She's top-notch as high as it can get as far as in California and PR. So do check her out. It's Rachel Darius, D-A-R-E-S dot com, Rachel Darius PR. So please go ahead and check her out. 
Last thing I want to say quickly here before I go off air for today, I'm going to be doing one more show this week, and again, it's another musician. Actually, he's a musician as well as a teacher slash um, founder of many, many things and just an overall lovely guy. Lane Murchison joins us tomorrow, and that's 2 o'clock Central Standard Time. And if you want to check out information on him, just go to the Sins Chat Corner Facebook page or else check on my social media page. Thank you so much to everybody who either listened in live or will be listening in in the near future. And uh, thank you so much for again for the support and for tuning in. And I guess we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks.